Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone back to another exciting episode of the Real Film Nerds Podcast. I am your host with the mostest, without the mostest. I'm just a host, Mr. Matt Hinshaw. With me as always, my good buddy, the real talent behind the Real Film Nerds podcast, Mysterious Mike Talent. Hey, uh, what's going on, everybody? Um, yeah, it's cool being the talent, man. Is it? Yeah. Are you uh, spending time in the limelight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoy it, you know, every time I go watch a movie or whatever, you know, people are like, hey, Mike Talent. I'm like, yep, that's me. Do you have like a VIP area where you get to hang out? No, no. They 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 told me that uh, I don't get that yet. I don't have enough uh, viewers or listeners, so I'm not quite VIP status yet. But we got a solid four or five. No, what'd you say last time? Six or seven? Dude, I think we're up to like 15, 20, man. 15 or 20? Yeah. So how many times are you downloading the podcast to get our numbers to that? Well, like, I try to download it from about 16 different IP addresses every day, so. Yeah, well, I'll do it, like, at home, at work, then I'll go over to Starbucks down the street, I'll download it there, then I'll download it again at, like, Kentucky Fried Chicken, and then every now and then I'll hit the Carl's Jr. Wi-Fi. I mean, I'm tearing it up. Dude, awesome. That's that's what we need. All right, so, Mike, speaking of uh, fast food, Mike, what are you drinking today? Oh, uh, so I'm drinking a beer called Last Stop uh, IPA. It's from a brewery called Brewbus. Brewbus. Mm-hmm. Where Where is Brewbus? Uh, they're out of uh, Tampa, Florida. Oh, it, that's the uh, that's the good side of Florida, right? That's a side of Florida. Yeah. Which side is that? Is that the Is that the side with the ocean? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's the side of the ocean. It's, uh, uh, that's good. It's, it's over on the west coast of Florida. All right, well, Mike, since you're not going to ask me, I'm going to say it anyways. I actually spent money on some beer. What? No way. You, you didn't just get the normal uh, kill lifter? I mean, your oh, staple I do have or, that. or the high life? I do have that as well. They're both in the fridge, but I grabbed a six-pack... Of another one of my, I, I don't want to say favorite breweries, but it is a brewery in northern Arizona that I do enjoy a lot. It is not a Prescott local brewery. I'm sorry to say. It is a Sedona brewery known as Oak Creek Brewing Company. And they're mostly known for their nut brown ale, which is a pretty good beer. I've drank many, many of those. But uh, I have not had this one in a long time. And this is their uh, amber ale. Oh, okay. And that is uh, brewed and bottled in beautiful Sedona, Arizona. The thing I really like about the uh, Oak Creek Brewing Company is their bottle caps are all uh, Arizona flags. It's pretty cool. Oh, that's cool from the different time periods and stuff? Like different designs no. of the flags? or No, no. It's just the Arizona flag. It has the gold star with the red and blue lines. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, all right, Mike. So, um... What movie are we talking about today? Uh, we're talking about the movie Roma, 
which was uh, nominated for uh, Best Picture on the Academy Awards. And a whole bunch of other stuff, too, on top of just Best Picture. Now, my question is, Mike, is this a tributary? Because I, in my book, I think it is. Well, we watched it on Netflix uh, because it's available on Netflix. I don't. I believe it was only released in the theater for a very limited time. Well, and it was only available in select theaters. Like right now, here in Harkins in Arizona, they have a thing where you can spend thirty-five dollars and you get a pass to see every single one of the Best Picture of the Year nominees. Guess which one is not in the Best Picture nominees? It's the only one is Roma. Really? You can't watch it in the the thing? Right, because of the distribution rights, Netflix will not allow it to be in theaters, from what I understand. Wow. Weird. So, I am, I am going wholeheartedly with Roma is a tributary, because the only place you can watch it, as a public person, is on Netflix right now. Now, if you're in probably L.A. or New York or one of those major, major metros, you probably could see it at a theater that Netflix has cut a deal with. But your general theaters, AMC, Harkin, Harkins, um, you know, picture, picture show, show yeah. stuff yeah. like that, I don't think you can see Roma. Like, they, I don't think they cut the deal. They won't let it in there. So. Wow. Anyways. Okay. All right, Mike. Uh, I guess it's still kind of on topic, but uh, go ahead. Give us the uh, rundown on uh, Roma. All right. So uh, Roma was directed by Alfonso uh, Curon and written by Alfonso uh, Curon. It's starring uh, Yelitsa Apricio, uh, Marina de Tavernier, uh, Diego Cortana Autry, and Carlos uh, Peralta. And uh, the, the summary of this movie is a year in the life of a middle-class family's maid in Mexico City in the early 1970s. Nice, dude. You nailed just about every single one of those. Yeah, thanks. You did good. You did all right. Uh, it's acceptable. It's a, it's a solid C+. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I have trouble pronouncing names and then, um, d- you know... Uh, different name, different names from different languages are even harder for me. So, yeah, right. Yeah. Thanks. I you did all right. You did all right, man. Seriously, all right. cool. So, Mike, um, I'll let you start it out like I normally do. Uh, what did you think of Roma? Um, this movie is uh, you know I didn't really know anything about this movie going into it. I just watched it because it was nominated for best picture, and. It's it's pretty good, but it's 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 another sad story, um, and it it just kind of documents. It's very small kind of view of just this family and just kind of things that go around uh, with this family and the the maid that the well, there's two maids, the two maids that help uh, the with this family, and. I don't know. It's uh, the some of the shots and stuff are cool, uh, where he set up and stuff. But uh, we had talked just briefly a little bit before we went on the pod, Matt, and the annoying camera thing that he does is like. I guess it would have been cool a couple times, but man, does it over and over and over like relentless now don't get me wrong the first handful of times i agree with you it was cool he's shooting with a wide angle lens 
And then he's doing like this really slow, like one shot pan of like almost an entire room, if not an entire building kind of thing. And it's cool the first probably two or three times. The the 30th time, it's like, are you kidding me? I'm really kind of getting tired of this. Yeah, there's some just strange kind of things in there. I mean, it's a somewhat strange movie in some aspects, but like, um, you know, uh, I I was a little bit excited though, Matt. Um, oh yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I was a little bit excited about a, a certain aspect of the movie, but I, I'll save that until we get to the spoiler area. But uh, I was gonna say he wasn't excited at all, and that's probably why you were excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um <laughs> so uh, terrible so so uh anyway i don't know it's this movie is, it's it's okay but i'm not exactly sure once again why the academy nominated this movie i could tell you exactly why michael why because it's in black and white that's it is that all you need to do i think so i i really do i mean you know i it, this is an okay movie, but it, as far as being picture of the year, I don't see it. I don't see it. Like a few of Alfonso Cuaron's uh, films in the past, I, I wholeheartedly agreed with them being nominated for Academy Awards and one that really wasn't nominated for much. Um, you know, Gravity. That yeah. was a fantastic film. Incredible. Um, and then another one that a lot of people didn't see. I saw it when I was in college. I actually went to a screener for it be, for the uh, when I was working for the ASU student newspaper, the State Press, was uh, Children of Men. Oh, yeah, yeah. You really like that movie. I um, do. I really like that. But again, that's like the distorp- dystopian future stuff. And I really kind of like those stories. I don't know if it's so much the dystopian part, but I think it's more the future part that I really like about those. Yeah, and did you see he directed uh, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of uh, Azkaban? No, because I, I, I don't pay attention to the uh, Harry Potter peoples. Because, you know, it takes away from my time with the wars. Oh, okay. All right. Well, so, I mean, he's done some interesting stuff, for sure. And I just don't know why he chose that stupid camera thing over and over. Like I said, it was great. You know, the first couple times, it was very unique. It was very pretty. It was very, very uh, cinematic, uh, cinematography-ish looking kind of thing. And I mean, I think Roma got nominated for, you know, best cinematography. But seriously, do it two or three times and cut it out. And do it during pivotal moments or really important moments. I mean, he was doing it during moments that really just didn't make a whole lot of sense on why you needed to do a shot like that. Yeah. Just my thoughts. I mean, and this is coming from a photographer who, you know, I I shoot kind of with two lenses and two lenses only for the most part when I'm running around working. I got my wide angle and I got my telephoto. Unless I'm doing studio stuff. So I I love wide angle shots. Yeah, no, I don't know. It's just a, a strange, I guess, choice. But I mean, it was a choice. Yeah, it was for sure. All right, Mike. So I don't know how much we can really discuss about this movie without spoiling it. Um, I don't know. The uh, it was shot in black and white. It's a story about this family. Story about you know um, 
the maid they have, well, they have a couple, but specifically one, and kind of the trials and tribulations that she's going through, along with the family that the family's going through at the same time, and how she's kind of a member of the family, but she's still an outsider. She's still their servant, I guess is a good way to put it, but she's <laughs> not, but she yeah. is. Yeah. So... And I get it takes place in Mexico City, which is pretty cool. Um, for those of you who are wondering, the airplanes that keep flying over, that's just Mexico City. There's lots of airplanes going in and out. They're not trying to say anything whatsoever with it. That's just part of the problem of filming in Mexico City. Oh, man, I just thought that was just supposed to be part of the show. Okay. You think that, but no, yeah. it's uh, it's just Mexico City, actually. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, it's one of the biggest cities in the world, right? It's mm-hmm. not the biggest. Uh, I'm not sure if it's the biggest, but I know it's damn close. Yeah. I've always been curious. I've always kind of wanted to go down there and check it out because that's the part of Mexico that is the part that most people don't see other than in movies. So it's probably completely different than what you and I, um, being Arizona residents and former Arizona residents saw and experienced and visited because border towns are completely different than the rest of the country. Yeah, no, I went down a little bit further uh, one time for a wedding, and uh, it was a different. They had toll roads and everything. It was weird. Let's do it. Let's get into the uh, bread and bur- butter, because I'm not sure, again, how much we can talk about without kind of ruining the whole story, uh, especially some of the things that I want to talk about. So let's go ahead. Let's get it out of the way. Mike? How does Roma relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? So, man, this one was pretty tough. Even though this is a recent movie, uh, finding somebody who was on, did something with the MCU was, was not a very easy task. But finally, after almost giving up and calling in, uh, you know, that I couldn't do it. I found Laura Holman. Uh, she's a digital intermediate producer. I'm not exactly sure what that means as far as the title, but check out the movies that she's worked on. Ant-Man and Wasp, Avengers of Infinity War, Black Panther, Thor Ragnarok, Guardians of Galaxy Volume 2, Ant-Man, Avengers Age of Ultron, Guardians of the Galaxy. So she has almost the entire MCU lineup under her belt. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, but I don't know exactly what a digital intermediate producer means. You know what she probably does? is She like probably carries the super sensitive hard drives with the finished digital content from one studio to the other in her car. Oh, oh. So she's like uh, she's like a manager at office space. Yeah. Yep. Yep. She's a courier and gets paid lots of money. Yeah. Well, do you actually do that? No. Well, well, Bob does that, but I tell him to do it. Dude, we need to do that movie. I know you're itching to do that movie. I love that movie. Itching to do it. All right, Mike. So let's go ahead and kick off our spoiler section for Roma. You know, the biggest issue I have with this movie, I mean, the story's good. It has interesting parts of the story. But it really doesn't have a beginning, middle, and an end. It just kind of starts, and then you kind of watch these people's lives, and then it kind of ends. The only correlation between having a beginning, middle, and end 
is the family's father, where he shows up, and that's kind of towards the beginning, and then he disappears again. You find out he's, you know, he is not on a business trip. He is out banging his mistress, and then the movie ends with him leaving the family. Yeah. That's about yeah. the most I can tie into it having a beginning, middle, and end. Other than that, it's just kind of like going. You yeah, know what no. I mean? Yeah, it didn't really have... Uh, yeah, it just it just is. It just kind of goes on, and it's kind of long. I felt it was... Yeah, I agree. I, I'm, and, not, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. There was like... I was a little bit bored on some stuff. I was like, what is going on? Like, I was just... I didn't know where the movie was trying to go at all. Like, Right, there's it no, was confusing. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I mean, I guess I knew it was about the maid, but sometimes it just seemed like it was about the whole family. The maid's always there, so like I, I don't know. Like it was, it was weird. Yeah, I just that you know, and that's one of the things I put the most emphasis on when it comes to talking about a film is the story. Um, be it a true story be it a written story, whatever. The story for me is the biggest reason to watch the film. Yes, the acting and the cinematography and how it was shot and the directing and all that stuff is important, but I probably put the majority of my weight when it comes to talking about a film behind the story. And the story in this just, it had a story. It was an interesting story, but it was odd. It was just strange. Yeah. Now... I don't know if you know this, but I looked this up a little bit afterwards and trying to, you know, do some research on this film after watching it. Basically, this whole story is almost an autobiography of Alfonso Curon. When they were shooting at the house they shot it at in Mexico City, he literally lit, grew up in the house across the street. Oh. So that makes more sense when you find out about that little tidbit of knowledge. Well, you shouldn't have to know that to go watch a film. No. And this is very similar. I don't know how similar, but very similar to his life and him growing up in Mexico City during the 70s. He had, I guess he had a few maids and things like that. And, you know, anyways. Interesting. No, I didn't know that. Okay. But still, you, exactly. It. When I learned that it was kind of an autobiography, that made a hell of a lot more sense to me and why people love it so much. But as just someone that's not in the industry that doesn't know Alfonso Cuaron personally, I didn't know this story. I didn't know it was related to him. I didn't really, you know. And now afterwards, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. But why don't you just tell us that in the beginning of the movie and make the movie better? Right. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, it was, um, I don't know. There's some scenes in the movie, like, uh, Matt, the, the fire scene and the guy singing. I right, have no that idea was, what's, a, what's yeah. what that was about. Like, was that supposed to be artistic? I don't even know, man. That was weird. Well, and what's even more interesting is that he wasn't singing in Spanish or English. He was singing in like Dutch, I think, or something really weird. Yeah, I, dude, that, I, that was a weird scene. Um, and then them trying to throw water on a forest fire. Again, I'm just being, you know, nitpicky, but that water on a forest fire doesn't do shit. Unless it's a small, small forest fire. Yeah, I don't know. I, I That was a weird scene. Um, 
One thing I did like was the galaxy. That galaxy was awesome, but they kept beating the shit out of that thing. I was like, not the car. Yeah, she couldn't <laughs> drive it, man. And no, it was so funny couldn't. that they parked it right in that like narrow alleyway thing. I, I couldn't figure out what that thing was. I think that's supposed to be like a carport, garagey kind of thing. And, you know, it is Mexico City, and they probably don't want their cars stolen. So if you notice, they park on the street a lot. But I think overnight, they park in that little, you know, patio, side yard, uh, carport kind of area. Yeah, I did enjoy the dog shit everywhere, though, man. That dog was, that that dog was, whoo, he was a pooper. Yeah, dude, he needs to get his colon checked, or they need to stop feeding Mexican food or something. I don't know, man. Like, one time it came, they came back, I was like, dude, has it only been a day? And that dog has pooped like 80 times. Yeah, he, he lit it up, man. He lit that shit up. But that like, is one thing I do like that was really, really neat was the uh, uh, the intro where, you know, the water's coming across the screen and stuff, and then they he slowly pans up, and you find out that's the patio and she's cleaning off the dog shit. <laughs> yeah. That was kind of uh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it was. But Oh, poor Mikey getting tired. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, that was that was uh, it was a I don't know, man. It's just a weird. So, what did you think of the acting then? Um, I thought the acting was good. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, I thought the acting was good. Yeah, I thought it was real good, especially from the main characters. Um, the kids a little bit were kind of rough, but again, they're kids, so you kind of got to give them leeway. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the kids, but the kids weren't in it too much. There's only a few scenes with the kids where, um, the maid is kind of just talking to the kids and stuff. And there's and a lot just, of chaos at times like at the dinner table yeah, at least i is. felt it was where the kids are talking and like there's like nine conversations going on and you're trying to read as fast as you can oh we probably should warn people for those of you who did not know this is kind of a foreign film but it's not but it is it's uh completely in spanish oh yeah yeah so you gotta read it, it, yeah it's, it's spanish uh and it's in black and white which matt has said earlier and um you know it's it's kind of a sad story. I mean, there's not... I mean, when it ends, it just ends. I didn't feel... I don't know. Yeah, I didn't really feel anything when it ended. I was like, okay, it's over. Okay. There's no, like, conclusion, really. And there's no beginning. And there's a middle. Like, the whole movie is just a middle. Yeah. Oh, and you know where the name uh, Roma comes from, right? No. Roma, it's like Roma something something is like the uh, uh, neighborhood area of Mexico City where this was filmed and where he grew up. Oh, because I don't even remember it being mentioned anywhere. No, it wasn't. So, again, that came from me looking information up after watching it. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, Mike, so are you going to talk about your favorite part of the movie? Yeah, I th- I think I will talk about the um so uh you know for listeners who haven't heard me talk about my obsession with flaccid penises um it's it's been a long time. Uh I'm not even sure what the last movie was that had a flaccid penis in it. I meant to look it up, but I just uh, didn't get a chance. 
You know, I'm starting to think that maybe you should start your own website of, you know, you know how they have that, um, that one website, Mr. Skin, where you can look up and see exactly when someone gets naked at whatever point in whatever movie. And they tell you like down to the second. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think you should do that, but for flaccid penises. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, and you could call it Mr. Foreskin. Got it. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah, let's do that. Um Oh no, that's your own venture. I don't know if I want to be tied to that. <laughs> oh, okay. Um Yeah. Or shall so I say cut? Yeah, so there's a, a crazy scene in this yeah, yeah, good one, man. Uh, <laughs> so, so there's a crazy scene in this movie where a guy performs uh like uh martial arts naked and his penis is just flapping around all over the place. And I was just like, huh. <laughs> like, yeah, that was so <laughs> random. It was, it was pretty weird, man. Uh, but, you know. Well, and on top of it, the, the bow staff he chooses, he just pulls, like, the curtain rod out of the wall. Yeah, that was also, yeah. Oh, it was weird. Oh, that was weird. Um, that, that was probably the... The part that got me laughing the most because most of this movie's not terribly happy. So that no, was, it's the, pretty dark. That, was, that was like a light scene, but other than it's, that, I don't know, man. Like, it's not super dark, it's just it's sad. Yeah, it's sad. I don't, yeah, I'm trying to think if I should recommend it or not, man. I don't know. And there's lots of interesting coincidences as well that just kind of happen. You know, like when she's like her water breaks like right after seeing them after there's like some riots in the streets. That's some kind of student uprising or something. And he like pulls a gun and is pointing it at her in like the furniture shop or something. And then her water breaks right when he leaves. It's that's like such a crazy coincidence kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a little odd uh, forced kind of. But other than that, I don't know. I personally would probably recommend this, but only if you want to be a completionist like Mike and I and see every single Best Picture of the Year nominee for the Academy Awards. It's not a bad movie, but it's not earth-shattering like they're making it out to be, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I, I think Vice is probably going to win for the best picture, but I don't know. This one's weird, and I'm not 100% sure why it was nominated. It, it is a pretty good movie, but I don't know if it's best picture movie quality. I, I don't know. Yeah. I still want to see The Favorite, and I don't know if I'll ever get to see that because it's not in the theaters here anymore. Hopefully they'll put it out you know, in the next couple of weeks so I can see it here, but if not... That's the well, only usually, one I'm missing. Yeah, they usually re reissue the movies, man, uh, when they get nominated. Well, especially the one who wins. Whatever one wins will be back in the theater. Yeah, yeah. But I, I like to see them before and then, you know, make my own opinions on what I think is going to win. Like, I know what I want to win, but what probably will win, like you were alluding to on our, one of our last podcasts, is... Uh, It'll probably be the one you really don't want to win. Will probably be the winner. Oh no way! You think? Well, that's what you were saying. Yeah, 
Yeah, I guess you were that's saying true. pick the one out of all the ones that are nominated that you liked the least, and that will be the one that probably wins. Yeah, no, that's that. Those are good words. I'm glad I chose those. Well, you are the talent. Yes, you know it, man. You know it. All right, Mike. So since you're not going to ask me, I will just go ahead and say it, Mike. I give Roma. Four out of five reels. Wow. With all that trash talking, you still give it four out of five. All right. I didn't okay. trash talk that much, but I all still right. thought, you know, it's a solid B movie. The The biggest thing that bothers me is the story the and the, the constantly used shot. That's about it. The rest of it is interesting. The acting is good. The choice of black and white is fine. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Well... You know, um, I, I still just don't think it should have been nominated for Best Picture of the Year. I'd rather see Infinity War in here, personally. Yeah, if they're going to have a comic book movie in there, it should have been Infinity War. Well, no, have Infinity War and Black Panther in there. I mean, don't get me wrong, Black Panther was a good movie, but I still, in my personal opinion, don't freaking sacrifice me here, people, but I still think Infinity War is better than Black Panther. Yeah, no, I think it was, too. Um... All right, Mike. So, how many reels do you give Roma? Yeah, um, you know, I'm a lot harsher, Matt. I'm I'm gonna give it three out of five reels. Um, I just, I don't know. It's okay. It's just and, average for you. Okay. Yeah, it was it was okay, and I don't know if I want to tell anybody to see it because it's not. I mean. It has some redeeming stuff. It's kind of cool with the black and white, and there's some really cool scenes in the movie. Uh, they did have some neat shots that they did, and it, you know, I never felt like it wasn't the 70s, so all the cars and things that they show, it's not a lot, but when they do show that stuff, it's it's all authentic. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, they did do um, a really, really good job of that. Yeah, so that I thought that stuff was neat. Um, the things that are going on in the background, you don't know a heck of a lot what's going on, but that's okay. You don't need to. Um, it just, it's just kind of a sad movie and stuff. So I have a hard time recommending kind of a sad type movie, but, and the reason why I give it four out of five is because I feel that it is better than average. Oh, okay. All right. I don't think it's setting the world on fire though. Like I said. But I do feel that it is better than your average film. It's on another level. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's yeah. just the... Uh, hey, no, man. You you, you, uh, you rate it how you you, you think it, it is. And I'm just harsh, man. I don't know. I guess I'm just really, really harsh. You're a bitter old man. No, you're not harsh. I don't care. You, you say it how you see it. That's how it is. That's what opinions are. You know, what's the old saying, Mike? Opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, on uh, upcoming notes, Matt, uh, did you want to say anything? Didn't, didn't you have something to say about uh, the Poindexter Awards? I thought, oh, you want me to talk about it? Or do you want to talk about it? Uh, well, you posted something on our, uh, the real film nerds posted something on Facebook, AKA I posted something in the name of the real film nerds. Cause you know, the talent does nothing but be the talent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So we've started 
two listener categories for our upcoming first Poindexter Awards, which hopefully will be on February 14th, Valentine's Day, our one-year anniversary. Is it a Thursday, Matt, or is it a Wednesday? I have no idea. Let me flip the Deadpool calendar. Oh, it is a Thursday. It is a Thursday. Wow, that's good timing. Woo! Because next year it'll be a Friday then. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And that week we'll probably only put one pod out. Maybe we'll put two. I don't know. We'll see. Because the the Poindexter Awards are probably going to be at least an hour-long episode, I think. Okay. But anyways, okay. So, Mike, uh, since you're not going to talk about it, you didn't even read the post. But uh, we started two listener categories. And we need all of you to email us. Tell us in person, comment on our Facebook posts that I posted, um, whatever, and let us know what movie in 2018 is your personal movie of the year. It does not have to be an Academy Award nominee. None of that crap. It would be beneficial if it was one we reviewed on the podcast, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. But what your individual pick is for the best movie of the past year. And then our second one is what is your favorite podcast that Mike and I, or Seth and I, or Santos and I, or Mike did by himself, or I did by myself, or me, Mike and Michael did together. Which one is your favorite? Uh, You can just send us the episode number on that, or you can send us the title or whatever, but you know, let us know on that one. And I put that post up. What? Friday, Saturday, Friday. I think I put it up on Friday and we've had like four or 500 views already on it, but we've only had a handful of votes, but we do have votes and uh, I don't want to ruin what is in the running, but there clearly is one film in particular and podcast in particular that is leading the race. So if you want to be heard, make sure and let myself or, the talent over there, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let me know. So you can email us at Matt at Real Film Nerds or Mike at Real Film Nerds or Nerds at Real Film Nerds. And uh, I don't know if you saw this the other day, Mike, but our I activated our other URL where it's instead of R-E-E-L, it's R-E-A-L. And so if people screw up spelling out real, even in the email, it'll get sent to us. Nice, nice, nice. Cool. Just make sure to accept it or else you won't get it if someone sends something to you, Mike. Okay. On that note, that's all done. That's all out there. Um, Do you want to talk about uh, the movie we will be discussing on Thursday, Mike? Yeah. So uh, we'll be reviewing this movie called uh, Bomb City. And it's it's kind of a story about two different groups of um, people who uh, seem to not get along. And uh, an event happens, and it kind of talks about this event. And uh, it's 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 a good movie. Um, I had no idea about it until Matt really told me about it. So I watched it. It's available for streaming on Amazon uh, Prime right now. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. Cool, man. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's a very good, very good movie. And the other thing that's shocking for those of you who want to watch it before we talk about it this Thursday, it is a true story. 
And they let you know that at the beginning. Anywho. Well, I don't have anything else. Um, why don't you go ahead and uh, take us on out of here and yeah, call it an episode. All right. Uh, well, uh, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, look forward to uh, talking at you some more later. Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now, go out and catch a movie.